Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. This is Agel from the Toy Coach Podcast, making it in the toy industry. And if you want to build meaningful relationships in your industry, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friends, Travis Chappell and Eric Skorzynski. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey everybody, I hope you're ready to have some fun on today's episode of the Build Your Network podcast. I'm your host, Eric Skorzynski, and today we're going to be talking all about the toy industry. That's right, we always have interesting guests on the show, but today's guest is pretty fascinating. Her name is Ajel Wade, and she is the toy coach. That's right, she helps tons of individuals get started in the toy industry. She has been having a t- way, way, way too much fun in the toy industry over the past 10 years, working for companies like Toys R Us, Party City, Madame Alexander, just to name a few. She's climbed up and across the ladder in the toy world, starting out as a designer, later gaining three toy patents, and eventually becoming vice president at a toy company. But after building and mentoring a diverse and talented team towards success, she's had the vision to do the same with newcomers to the toy industry. With that thought, Agile combined her industry knowledge, inspirational mantras, and extra passionate toy talks to create the now top-rated toy podcast, Making It in the Toy Industry. 
Today, she's known industry-wide as the toy coach. She joyfully works as a consultant for popular IPs and toy companies of all sizes. Her online course, Toy Creators Academy, empowers newbies in the toy industry with step-by-step guidance, downloadable worksheets, and group coaching. Her mantra for her followers is make it toyetic. You guys are going to love this episode with Agile. And if you do like anything in the episode, if you like one piece of advice that helps you in your business, be sure to take a screenshot of this episode and tag Travis Chapel on Instagram with the handle at Travis Chapel. All right, guys, let's get into the show. Agile, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Build Your Network podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we like to start these conversations, as you know, we like to go back to the beginning and we like to talk about your childhood. Like what was kind of your, your background? When's the, what's kind of the, the young Agile? Like what were you, where would you find yourself back in like middle school? Um, Like what was your personality? What were you, what were you interested in back then? Yeah, I was actually really, really interested in having my own business. (laughs) Actually, back okay. then. Yeah, in middle school specifically, I remember buying this Lisa Frank jewelry box and I set up a whole shop at recess and I started selling. And I remember all the kids wanted to buy, I was trying to sell my jewelry that I made, but all mm-hmm. the kids wanted to buy these like little plastic jump rings and they were putting them on their noses as nose rings. Okay. And I was like, oh, you can have them for like five cents. There's like a hundred of them here. Then they started losing them and they started coming back. And I was like, there's a business opportunity. So I remember raising the price to like 25 cents and they were like, we don't care. We want them. So I was a little mogul. So yeah, your supply and demand figured out. Yeah. yeah. No, it's really interesting. And I, it was funny because we always go back to childhood and I look at your career now and yeah. it seems like you've probably been interested in toys for a long time. Like, it seems like this is every kid. Like if you ask them and carry on, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to work for a toy company probably would be somewhere up there. So tell me a little bit about like your plans as you were growing up, getting ready, thinking about college. Like, were you thinking about this being your career forever or is it something that just kind of happened? So I was actually thinking about working with kids. Hmm. So I wanted to be a teacher first then I wanted to be a psychologist. Then I wanted to, um, then I met somebody who actually worked in kind of event planning and space design. So then I thought, oh, maybe I could do um, children's exhibition design. So I, I did go intentionally to college with that thought in mind because I love design and art from high school. And I always wanted to work with kids or for kids in some way. So I was always trying to figure out how to put those things together. Then I, I studied exhibition design. And then mm. one of my teachers was seeing what I was doing and he was like, you know, there's a toy design program here. And I was like, what? That's not a real job. And he said it was. And then I looked into it and I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. Best of both worlds. I can like be a kid, help kids do all the things. So yeah. Yeah. So what was your, what was kind of the reaction from like your family when you said like, this is the career path that I'm thinking about pursuing? Like, did you have people saying like, is that like a real career option? Is it something that you think you'll have success in or, or did people kind of support you along the way? No, I honestly sometimes still wonder if my family really knows what I do. Cause like, <laughs> once I, once I told my dad specifically that I was going to FIT, the fashion Institute of technology, he just immediately was like, oh, she's in fashion. So mm. for years he would just tell people that I was in fashion. I think for a while he thought I was in like kids fashion. So uh, eventually I think by the time they realized what I was doing, I was already making money doing it. So they mm. were like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You can do that. That's funny. So what, what was the path? Cause this is a pretty unusual path that you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. So what was the path from 
going, getting your education in this field to actually landing your first paying job? Like when were you able to first monetize this knowledge that you, that you picked up? Right out of college. Mm -hmm. So I um, was really strategic in, in where I went to school as far as cost. And then when I picked the major I picked, I researched, it was actually a toy design program at FIT in New York. And they had a 95% job placement rating. So mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, that's where I want to go. Yeah. So it was really, really uh, strategic in that sense. And immediately upon graduation, I was working in the toy industry. I wasn't making a lot of money. I'm not going right. to say I was like saving anything, but, <laughs> but I was, I, I had a job. Yeah. 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 You had your foot in the door. Yeah. So, so, so for people who are listening and even myself, like when you talk about, you know, obviously being in the design side, you've worked obviously with patents and things like that. Like what were your kind of core responsibilities at that first job and how has that kind of evolved as you've worked your way through the, through the industry? Yeah. At my first job, my main focus was to innovate the market and essentially try to steal market share from, mm. from our competitors. So like, what could I create that would would have buyers at Target and Walmart say, you know what? We don't want this old, this like old school brand of like paint anymore. We want this company's like new paint. So that's why my first job actually ended up being where I got all three of my patents that I have now, because mm. my job was to figure out innovation. I was mm. like a product, new product development innovator, essentially was my main focus. So now, you know, I'm applying that every day. I'm helping other people innovate. I'm using the tools that I used back then to, to come up with these ideas and to flesh them out and teaching that to my listeners and students and all that, how they can do that themselves. And how do you go about, because it's, it's fascinating to me, like anybody that can predict like what's going to be valuable in a market, because obviously everyone sits there and this is one of the questions I want to ask you in a second, but everyone has sat, sat there and said, I have this great idea for a business. I have a great idea for a product. I've got a great idea for a toy or fill in the blank. So how do you determine the value of an idea before it hits the market? Like, how do you try to estimate like, Hey, this toy is going to get attention because mm -hmm. it can, it's hard to predict that kind of stuff. But I mean, not anymore. Hmm. Like Amazon is a huge, I mean, it's just a huge source of information because so much so much of e-commerce went online and then Amazon dominated so much of that space. And then all of their data is just so readily available, mm. right? When you, you can research an item and see how many pieces they're selling every month. And a lot of toy companies use that information to decide like what they're going to develop for Amazon. And then that will in turn lead what they develop for retail. So aside from that, it's also looking at like what's going on in social media, like YouTube mm. content creation, people like Blippi, people like Wenji, like what are they doing? And, and, uh, Ryan's world and creating yeah. product like and for like IPs and uh, like those. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing this for 10 plus years now. And yeah. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned Ryan's world, I was in Target the other day looking for oh, toys gosh. for my daughter. And like, he has more toys on the shelf than like Star Wars does. Like he's got <laughs> tons and tons of toys, he's got a whole aisle for a YouTube star, which is crazy. So how have you seen that impact kind of the toy market? Because when I was, when I was growing up and maybe it's just why I focused on every toy I played with was movie IP. Like it was all mm -hmm. connected to star Wars or to like Indiana Jones or to all these different properties. And now when I go and it's like, there's a blippy aisle, there's a yeah. Ryan's world aisle, there's all these different. So how has, how has the toy world kind of changed over the past few years as 
you see all these different guys, Mr. Beast, all these guys taking off in popularity in a really, really big way. Yeah, it's so interesting. What I realized is it's two things. Like one, it, it makes it so that the kids have a little bit more control in what toy companies mm. are creating as far as like the characters and the style and IP, because what is getting the views and the hits is what they're going to create, you mm. know? But then aside from that, it, it's causing toy companies to react a lot faster. We've always been a business where we're developing right now for something that's going to release in a year and a half or a yeah. year from now. That model isn't really working so well anymore because now people are just so used to getting their content immediately. And then immediately, like with Amazon, getting their, their product in three days from seeing the content. Yeah. So now the toy companies are like, they'll have a section of their product assortment that is specifically for like these reactive type products. Like what's our YouTube licensed business is it's like YouTube, like YouTube creators are now like a whole category for toy companies. Yeah. They're like looking for the next big person that they can attach to. It's crazy. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely wild. And it is, it's, I, I have to imagine, especially with trends now, you know, I think about, I think about fidget spinners a few years ago, like yeah. whoever had a fidget spinner factory during that time, it just had a really great couple of weeks. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting thinking about that reactionary versus like scheduling out and being strategic about kind of moving out a product. For those that are listening, and I know, and I probably have to talk to you about this off off mic. But you know, like we've had an idea for you know some kids products like over the past couple you know months, and we're like sitting there thinking like, where do you get started? So for someone who's sitting there and they're they have that like, oh, I've got this great idea, which I'm sure you get hit with this question all yeah. the time. I have a great idea for this. I have a great idea yes. for that. Yes. Where should someone who's knows nothing about this industry, where do they start? Do they go apply for a patent? Do they go to a toy no. manufacturer? Like what's no. the first step for someone? <laughs> no, I literally started my business because people were rushing to do all of those things and it's, mm. and it's too much too fast and you waste yeah. money and time. So I see, I'm so serious when I say literally start with my podcast, mm. like you can go and you can search for wherever you think you are in the product development process. Like if you have a great idea, I just did an episode about objectively vetting your ideas, which is such an important step because people don't realize like, even if you have this great idea, it still has to live alongside of, if, if it goes into retail, it has to live alongside your competitors and consumers, your ideal target market are gonna be comparing your price point, your components, your box mm. size, your print materials, everything to your competitors and they will not buy it if they feel like it's just less value. A retailer won't put it in the store if they feel like it doesn't convey the same type of value or aesthetic. Like Target has a totally different aesthetic from Walmart. It's a totally different footprint. I mean, it's a different price point. Like you can't go into these these retailers with the same thing. And then when you're going to online, you have to think about shipping. You have to think about shipping in such a big way and how small can you make that box? And then how do you develop a product that will create product imagery and video that will wow on screen? Cause nobody's going to be there to physically pick it up. So mm. I just like, seriously, this is why I made my podcast, like start with it, like listen to it. So many people have gotten so much from just that. And yeah, like the research is so important. So literally you can go to episode one and I focus on research episode one. And what's the name um, of the, what's the name of the show for people listening oh, who want to check it out? <laughs> yeah. So the toy coach podcast, making it in the toy industry. So you can search the toy coach podcast, or you can search making it in the toy industry. 
listen to episode one, start there. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely go check that out. Once you're done with this interview, be sure to head over, uh, check out the toy, the toy coach podcast. Uh, it's definitely yeah. going to be helpful. And I know I need to, cause like I said, we've got so many ideas that just keep coming out that I'm like, oh, this yes. would be perfect. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So you mentioned people not physically being able to go pick it up. Obviously, 2020, now 2021, it's changed how we shop. It's changed the way, like, I mean, physically, I've gone for groceries a handful of times in the last year. Um, right. You're not just browsing the toy section every single day now. So how has kind of the, the, the virtual space been kind of forced into it, you know, maybe prematurely than when everyone was ready for it? Like, how has that affected the toy industry? And like, how has it changed yeah. how you go through that process? Because people aren't just going down the toy aisle for three hours and picking mm -hmm. and choosing. They're going to mm -hmm. Amazon and to all these other distributors. Uh, you know, I think it put a lot more value in the the all-in-one options like the targets and the walmarts and like even the dollar trees like the places where parents already have to go to mm -hmm. shop for their goods and then they also get the toys but but what what's also happened um is that the what people are willing to spend on toys has actually gone up and i don't know if that's just because we're not spending elsewhere so we're shifting that money to toys because we're not going anywhere right so that money is like shifting the toys or if they just want higher quality toys because they know they need them to keep kids act active right now and and keep them um busy but aside from that what happened was all of the toy companies that already had an e-commerce presence just exploded and then the toy companies that had specifically like crafts and puzzles like they 
I mean, was it puzzles that did like 70% games and puzzles, I think had wow. like a seven, no, 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 outdoor toys, sorry. Hmm. Outdoor toys had a 70% growth over the pandemic. Games and puzzles had a, had a massive growth as well. The toy industry as a whole grew 27% in the US where normally year over year, it grows like 1%. Right. Like it, it, was, it was a massive shift for online. So I think what will happen if it continues to go that way is you'll see like, smaller boxes that your toys are coming in and like simpler boxes. But right now people didn't know it was going to happen. So whatever boxes they already had is what they had to ship. Yeah. Right. So they're losing money in, in some, in some ends. And even though like um, the revenue overall was up, I do know that a lot of toy companies said like, honestly, we're flat because we lost in some areas, but we gained big in other areas. And, and so it's, you know, it's, it's a give and take, but I think in the future, what you're going to see is like smaller boxes and a bigger play with video on hmm. like, on company websites where you're buying the product, uh, bigger play with influencers. Oh my gosh. Like TikTok influencers, Instagram influencers, mm. they're just like hawking product, like no one's business. <laughs> like, right. That's what you're seeing in the toy industry. I could talk, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going off and off because I could talk no, about it all it, day. And it's so great. good. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and it really is like, it's so much has shifted. Like, you know, for, for some of these we've kicked around, it's like the, the instant thought for us as podcasters is like what shows can talk about it, what YouTubers can talk about. Like you said, TikTok, yeah. you know, like for me, I rarely buy based off seeing a commercial on TV. I'm right. watching an unboxing video on YouTube, you know, yes, where it's like super yeah. unpolished, but they're just diving through the content yes. and it does it. It speaks to the fact that like the word of mouth marketing is so huge. It's so important yeah. and it can like these trends, like the fidget spinners, or, I mean, look at all the baby shark toys, you know, like yeah. that came out of that one video just popping off unexpectedly. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I have to ask this because the show is called Build Your Network. And yeah, obviously, I mean, you've had some relationships with amazing stores like Toys R Us, Party City, like you, you've been, you've been all over the place when it comes to this. How important are relationships to what you do? Like when it comes to maybe relationships with stores or influencers, like what role do relationships play in your, your day to day? Uh, relationships are everything in my new business. <laughs> um, and, and for a lot of people building their toy businesses, like getting placement has a lot to do with just who you know and who you can get a meeting with. For inventors trying to sell, license their ideas to toy companies, again, relationships are how you get in the door to have a face-to-face -face meeting to pitch those ideas. There are a lot of, um, for inventors, like online platforms where you can pitch your ideas, mm -hmm. but like any inbox, you know, they get overwhelmed. So yeah. even if you have an idea that they want, you can't even guarantee it'll get to them on time, you know, for them to take it to the next step. So if any chance you can get to get in front of somebody and show it to them, you know, is so important. And you can only do that with your network by utilizing your network. Yeah. Being able to get in front of them and being able to stand out in a, yeah. in a big way. Maybe just, and this is the last kind of practical question on this that I want to ask, but for someone who does want to pitch an idea or they do want to get their foot in the door for one of these meetings. What, what's probably the best way you've seen people stand out when, you know, obviously their product has to stand out. It has to stand on its own, but what's the best way to break through that noise? Cause there are, I can't, I can't even imagine how many people come in the door and say, I've got this great idea for a toy, or I've got this yeah. thing that's going to change the game. But the reality is you and I both know maybe one or 2% of those people actually have that that mm -hmm, idea or mm -hmm. actually have the, the way to present it that's going to help them break through. Mm -hmm. It's social proof. 
and for me, for, for me, students that come to me and, or even people that want to work with me as a consultant, when I see that they've built some sort of social proof online, it might be Instagram, it might be TikTok, it might be Kickstarter. Uh, that shows me that not only have do they have an idea that they've vetted it, um, that people are actually interested in hearing either what they have to say or what their idea is. So it makes me feel like, okay, they've got something, but also it shows me that they're committed to this, right? Now for toy companies, cause they're, they're looking bigger, right? They are actually, there are some toy companies that actually look at things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo to find the next product that they want to invest in. Hmm. So that's like literal social proof. Like if you can get a hundred thousand dollar funded Kickstarter campaign for your product, you could potentially land a million dollar deal with a toy company. You know, that's that, you know, that's where the magic lies. That's how you really stand out. Unfortunately, it's a lot of work, but that's what you get. That's what you can do. Right. Well, I'm yeah. going to pivot the conversation just a little bit. Obviously, the show's called Build Your Network, and I think you may have already answered this question, but we ask it of all of our guests. So, yeah. do you, do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important, and why? Yeah. You know, for me, I think what I know was more integral to my success because I used what I knew to meet the people that helped me take everything to the next level. I was like, I pretty much took everything I knew and just used a megaphone to tell the world that I was here. Mm. And then people started coming to me and then, then it became who I knew to elevate that. But honestly, without the what, I would have never been able to get to the who's. Yeah. Yeah. The what got their attention. So tell me about a time where a connection in your life led to a big moment of success. Like, is there a story of a time where just making the right connection at the right time helped really boost your career or boost maybe a a project you were trying to, to move forward? I mean, so many, like, obviously I'm just thinking recently now, I mean, but just so many, I was, I built my podcast and I was, I was chatting with some girls on an, on their podcast and we were doing kind of interview like this. And I told them at the end of the show, I was like, you know, like this podcasting thing is like so hard. Like, where do you go for support? And they were like, oh, you should join this Facebook group. I'd never heard of before. So I joined the Facebook group and one day I posted there about how I wanted to change my podcast artwork and I wanted to show my face because I was like, I'm black and I want people to know and I'm not going to hide anymore, you know, whole thing. And I was like, I'm so scared though. What do you guys think? And that post ended up having me meet like a producer from like who wanted to build like something with me. And that led me to getting on like NBC's Access Daily as their toy expert. Mm. And it's like, like all that stuff just happened because I happened to post and or just happened to be on a podcast where I shared what I was feeling. They led me somewhere else. I happened to post this thing. And the person, the right person saw it and reached out to me and, and started a conversation with me. And yeah, like, so that, I think about that every day, like everything that's come from that, like how, I, I don't even know, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. And and you're obviously, you've pivoted toward coaching. You're helping people, you know, really get their careers moving as far as this, as far as this category goes and get their ideas out there. How important for you maybe even in the past in your career or even currently now, like how important to have mentorships and like maybe masterminds or things been for you? Oh, really? Like really important. Uh, my mentors took me through all of the times where, you know, you just feel like you don't, you're lost and you don't know where to take it. And a lot of my mentors have become my best friends. And, you know, I also have like peer mentors where they're, you know, kind of at my level, but 
maybe a little bit of head in some areas and I'm ahead in other areas and they just help you think differently. They're, it's, it's crazy. Some, sometimes you might feel in your business and I feel this way sometimes where I'm like, there's nowhere left for me to go. Like I've done it all or I've tried all the things, but there is, you just can't see it yet. Like your mind is closed off. And these mentors are the ones that show you that they'll just say one sentence and your whole world will change. And it could be um, like three months worth of work. They just give you in one sentence, but like the, ugh, like I, yeah, I, I don't know where I'd be without some of my mentors. Can you think of maybe one of those, like maybe one of those things that was told to you that saved you months and yeah. months of just figuring it out the hard way? Oh my gosh. I, like, okay. I mean, I mean, I had a mentor as far as, okay. So honestly, like, this is like a, a big mentor, but like Amy Porterfield, right. Hmm. And she's, I don't know if she would identify herself as my mentor, but I've told her on many occasions, like, you're my mentor. Thanks. But she, one day I was like, yeah, I don't know um, what to do with my, my course. You know, I feel like I need to be making it bigger or something. I feel like I need to reach more people. And she just said this one sentence of like, you know, what do people need before they get to your course? Like maybe there's something in that space. And I thought that before, that wasn't like a new phrase, but it was like the timing and the wording and how it was brought to me that changed my viewpoint and, and my answer to her was like, yeah, well, they need to develop toy ideas. And I knew that that was something I always knew, but there's something about like that riffing with a mentor and like that thinking it through and that building it out. And eventually it, I mean, that led to like a whole other like structure and function for my business and a whole other world of people that I really wasn't planning on reaching that I now realize I totally can. So yeah. That, yeah. That's probably one. It's it's amazing how much that outside perspective can help. And like, there were so many things that I can think of, like going through different courses or working with different yeah. mentors, like where just having someone who doesn't, you know, Amy Porterfield, she's not part of the toy industry, but like yes. master marketer, but yes. she's able to look at it yes. and say, here's what I think, or here's why haven't you thought of this? And um, I see that every day. I coach people through the podcasting process alongside Travis and you know, we'll be sitting in a, a v- I remember the first time I went to, I went to one of his VIP days with him and I was just his producer at that point. I wasn't doing any coaching. I was just uh-huh. kind of helping him get his show out there. And uh-huh. I went and sat in the VIP day and I forget what the piece of advice was, but it was a, it was a pretty standard. Once you're a podcaster, it was a pretty standard piece of advice. And I remember the guy who sat there, he'd paid a couple thousand dollars to be there. Like he was, he was paying attention. He's writing notes. And I was sitting there, I was just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember Travis said that and the guy like put his pen down and he like, he like grabbed his head and he was like, wow. He's like, that made every penny I just invested worth it. And when the guy went out to go to the bathroom, I I told Travis, I was like, that, I said, that was the thing that like was worth thousands of dollars. I was like, dude, I need to start coaching, you know, like that's crazy. But, but the reality was like, it wasn't that it was like this profound thing. He just knew that was the thing that he needed. Like yeah, this was uh, yes, the thing he needed to yeah. hear. And that can be the big difference. Like just hearing a statement or just even for me, so many times it's the confirmation of a thought that I had. Like, uh-huh, yeah, I, I think uh-huh. this might be the right path. Yes, it is. Okay, great. Yeah. Like now I can go that way without holding back right. at all. So yeah, that's that's amazing. And yeah, Amy Porterfield is a definitely great mentor to pursue because she knows yeah. her stuff in a big way. I know, so. I'm pursuing the heck out of her. I'm like, so you want to... <laughs> Like I'll be your mentee if you'll be my mentor. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So look, I could talk about this stuff all day and it's definitely, I mean, 
it's not every day that you even think about this as a career path, but I want to wind <laughs> us into our random round section. We're oh. going to kind of talk through a couple quick questions with some quick answers. I don't know how you're going to answer the first question because I feel like you're on the fun side of career paths, but what profession other than your own, like right now, do you think it'd be fun to attempt? Oh, for sure. I wish I was a dancer. Really? Uh, maybe, maybe a full-on performer, like dance, singing, everything. Yeah. Hmm. Has that uh, been yeah. something that you thought about initially? Oh, I've, was- I've done it. I've done it all, but not like I, I would love to have like really pushed my body and done it like full professionally, you know, like I can sing, but I would love to be professional. I can dance, but I would love to have been like a ballerina and like, yeah. Well, there's still time. <laughs> you can be the toy coach <laughs> and the dance coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present, so living or dead, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Yeah, I feel like this is lame, but I feel like it would be my grandmother. I know it's probably not. That's not not lame at all. That's actually a a super common answer. Uh I'd love to ask one more question or get one more piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it wouldn't be the advice. I actually would just want to let her know how, how impactful she was to Mm -hmm. my life and like share like where I am at right now. Cause I I feel, you know, like she did so much. I don't know if she realizes how much she of effect she had on me. Hmm. Was did she push you in a way toward the career that you have now? Like, was she instrumental in you picking the path that you chose or? No, not at all. It's just that I think I just value family more now than I did when mm. I was younger. So I just wish that I could communicate that. And like, just ha- just also this necklace I'm wearing right here is hers. And like, mm. there's just a lot of strength I think I draw from my from her. And like, so it's just, yeah, appreciation. I just wish I could give more of. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how do you like to learn best? You mentioned obviously your podcast for people trying to learn this, like What's the best method of learning for you? Do you like books, blogs, podcasts, videos? What's the best means for you? Yeah, if I'm really looking to learn, like my go-to is videos and I play them on like 4X, right? But then I, I like go into like blog posts for like the nitty gritty details. Mm. And I'm, I'm one of those, like I have to do it to learn. So I'm better if I have a problem like right now and then I'm figuring out the answer and then that's how I learn. Podcasts for me are more like inspirational, but like the videos, that's where I like really learn. Well, speaking of inspiration, what's your morning routine? Like how do you get ready oh. for the day? Right. So like, I don't really love routine. Uh, (laughs) I don't really have a one way. So um, I feel like the only part of my day that's really routine is probably where I like make either coffee or tea and Mm. then I drink that. But the other part, it's like, there's like three things. So I might either go for a run or I might do yoga or I might just like journal and talk and like write about like things that I hope for and things that, you know, kind of, I, I I view myself achieving in the Mm. near future. Kind of like a future gratitude journal. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then I sit down with my coffee and my tea and I just work because I'm a workaholic. <laughs> just go right into it. That's yeah. Awesome. That's the same for me. I, I always, I'm always terrified of getting asked that question on a podcast. And yeah. I was, I was just on a, I was just on a podcast and they were asking about like things for self-care, like, cause it's mental health kind of theme. Yeah. And I was like, I go for walks and yeah. I, and then I come home and then I, drink a sugar-free Red Bull and I get to work and that's my routine yeah. and, and uh, it works. So I, mean, I, I guess I'll keep it up. Yeah. Like pre-pandemic, I would dance and I'd kickbox, mm. but like, it's been so long. So that's like, you. it's not even my life anymore. So, right. I, you know, like. Yeah. Everything yeah. shifted a little bit. Uh, yeah. So 
what's your what's your pump up song like what's your go-to like this gets me really hyped and i'm ready to take on anything it's so embarrassing (laughs) it's lose yourself my Eminem. Um. That's not embarrassing. That's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty, uh, a pretty good answer. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Any any Eminem will will do the trick. Oh okay. So, um, yeah. what do you? What is something that you're not very good at? I think I'm really terrible at having a work life balance, and I feel like you're probably the same way. <laughs> I right. think I'm really like really bad. Like I can organize the heck out of my business, but like my desk right now around where I'm sitting, it's like. Like, cause anything that's like personal to like my joy is very hard for me to give all my energy to. I'm like, I'm like, no, let me do my business. Let me do things for everybody else. But like, for me, it's very hard for me to take the time for myself. And yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, cause your, your career is so fun, you know, like it's yeah. such, it's dealing, it's like the business of fun. So yeah. like, it must be interesting trying to unwind from like the business side of fun and just have fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like my job's fun. Like, well, like we. What, what am I supposed to do now? I'm supposed to hang <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. So dance. That's what I do. I don't know. So obviously, you mentioned the podcast. What's one place online where people can connect with you the most? Is it Instagram, Twitter? Where's the best place for people to find you? Instagram, one hundred percent. I've recently taken up Reels. They're going well. So awesome. you want to check those out for some laughs. So awesome. What's the handle for the Instagram? Oh. At the toy coach. I'm so bad at promoing myself. It's yeah, okay. at the toy coach. At the toy coach is my Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely go over there and follow at the toy coach over on Instagram. Definitely check out the podcast. And you have an online course as well, the Toy Creators Academy. If someone wants to get involved in that, if they want to take those steps, where's the best people, uh, best place for people to find that? Oh, that's toycreatorsacademy.com. Go there all day. So easy. So easy. So easy. To, I got so all the domains. So yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast and for sharing some of your insights and knowledge. And I definitely hope that people who are interested in any part of this will tune in and check out to, uh, your academy over on Instagram and check out some of those reels. <laughs> Let's I, get it yeah. up. I hope so too. Give me my views. I'm almost at like 3K. Let's get it on. <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me on the show. Thanks so much. Take care. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.